When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. Well, hello there, listeners, and welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian, and you're listening to episode 372 of Sustainable Minimalists, a twice-weekly show, maybe three times depending on the week, two to three times a week show about intentional and eco-friendly minimalist living. On today's show, we are attempting to accomplish a big, big thing, which is to connect the concepts of individual wellness with environmental wellness. Now, this is heavy stuff, but to take the heaviness out of it, my guest and I, we are using a metaphor. We're using an onion So when an onion is usually used in metaphor form, it's usually about peeling back layers to get to the core, right? But not today. Today we are starting at the core, your core, because you are the core. And so as we first work on our own cores and we get ourselves right, we get our own wellness right, we can then slowly, layer by layer, move outward so that we can work towards helping other people and other things beyond ourselves. If you have struggled to understand how on earth the concepts of conscious consumption and low-tox living and low-waste living and more are related, this is the episode for you. Today I'm speaking with Brienne DeRogier. She is an interior architect by trade, and she is currently the principal designer and CEO of Mache. She is rip-roaring ready to discuss all things onions and all things wellness onions. Brienne, so happy to have you on the show. How are you? I'm doing excellent, and I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. Before we talk about all the wisdom you're going to lay out for us today, why don't we start by you telling us who you are and what you do and how you found yourself passionate about holistic wellness? I am living currently in Oregon, but I was born in Arizona. And in between those two states, I lived in France for a period of time. When I came back to the United States in high school, my dad was actually diagnosed with a brain tumor. So all of my high school years were spent with my mom caring for my dad in his final days. And that was my first direct experience with health and wellness. I was introduced to yoga for the first time through my mom, who thought it would be a really good idea for us to seek some balance and health and wellness after my dad passed. And in that time frame, I fell in love with nature. Oregon is an incredibly green place, just rich with natural resources, 
And I dove right in. So I found that not only yoga, but becoming more connected with the natural world was critical in pulling myself out of what became a pretty deep depression. I studied architecture when I was at the University of Oregon, because even that early on in my career, I knew that there was an interconnectedness between all things, that spending time on an architecture project on a building and then ignoring the next level of detail where the people are interacting on an intimate level, that needed to all be integrated in my mind. The contents of materials, I often call it an ingredients list. I wish we had them. I wish we had that nutritional facts on the back of every single material and piece of furniture out there. So at the end of the day, a lot of these really impressive structures get filled with a bunch of toxic things that don't align with the overall goal of the project. And now what that means to my new company, Mache, where I am now designing and producing products for the first time that align with those very same principles of being toxin-free and imbued with sustainability and health and wellness. Hmm. What a story, Brienne. I love it. <laughs> you mentioned a couple things there that I want to touch on, and the main one being that you realized that there is an interconnectedness between all things. And that's really why I wanted to have you on the show today, because this show is about sustainability. It's about conscious consumption. It's about non-toxic living or less toxic living, I should say. And these principles are also interconnected, but the ways in which they strengthen each other or play off one another can be confusing for the average listener. And so you really make it quite clear in your analogy of the onion. I believe you call it the wellness onion. So let's talk about your first layer, Brienne. It is concerned with consumption. Take it away. So when I picture this wellness onion, I picture the onion growing. So as opposed to us peeling the layers away from the outside, I picture the core of the onion growing first. And this is really the growth of our knowledge or awareness about the subject of our own health and wellness. And that typically starts, as it did for me, with a personal experience. In my case, I first saw my dad struggling on his health and wellness journey. And then later, shortly thereafter, I have my own issues pop up in my life. And I started developing symptoms that were related to an autoimmune disorder. I didn't know what they were, but it did force me to start to investigate that first layer of the onion, which is what's going on with my body? Why is it acting this way? What am I putting into the system? that might be contributing to these maladies or these imbalances. So that typically leads people, as it did for me, to investigate thoroughly those nutrition facts on the back of food labels. It leads people to investigate what is the difference between organic food and conventional food, and why is there such a buzz about that? A lot of people hear these terms but they're not quite ready to investigate until it becomes personal to them. If something has gone wrong, you change your diet, you tweak your caffeine levels, all of the inputs that we're putting into the physical body to help regulate back to a place of balance. 
Yeah, I am on board and I totally agree that we tend to take a look at what we're eating, what we're buying from the grocery store as our first step, our first little tiny toe baby step on our own wellness journey. But I wonder what your thoughts are on the fact that it seems to me, and in my own personal life, it seems to me that even though we're thinking about and looking with a critical eye at the foods we're eating, let's say, it always still tends to be for external reasons. Maybe we're gaining weight. I'm wondering what your thoughts are on the motivation. You can make the argument that who cares what the motivation is as long as you're starting that journey, you're starting that first step. However, it seems to me that at least in this case, on this first layer of the onion, it's still so that we can show up as our best selves externally. Do you have anything to say on that? I really appreciate that comment. It's a astute point. And I do think it has a lot to do with our culture and the emphasis on external physical appearance. You're right. That is probably where the majority of people get into their path to begin with. And it was very much the case with me. When I developed that eating disorder after my dad died, I was an overeater. So I was I had a hole to fill and I could not fill it with food. But I was very much also concerned with the weight gain and concerned with how it was affecting my body. That's what pushed me to the gym. That's what pushed me into yoga initially. That's what I call my gateway drug into what became such a bigger mind-body gift and connection over time. But you're right. A lot of us will get into this journey of awareness, growth, through potentially superficial means, or at least to start, physical perks are a really good bait or a good way to at least get you in on the journey. Where with the other layers that we'll get into of the onion, they're not as visual, they're not as obvious, and therefore, I believe that's why they come later in the process. Because in the beginning, we need the big changes to be visible, to give us that amped up energy, that excitement and enthusiasm to keep on that health and wellness journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really appreciate you making that point there. I read an interview you had done previously, and in the interview, you had recommended that readers who are on their own health and wellness journey, they give up alcohol and coffee and other stimulants and depressants because they pull our energy out of whack. It's not doing our wellness journey any good. Changing our diets, like what we eat, our daily food can impact our external appearance, how we externally present. But when you're digging in deeper into that first layer of what we are consuming, it's not about how we look. It's about how we feel. And that's real wellness. And I think that when people can get on board that it's not about how we present externally, it's about our inner state. That's what we're striving to improve upon. That's where the pieces of this puzzle, the interconnectedness of all these seemingly intangible ideas come together. And so that brings me to the next point, and that is focusing on the things that we absorb, like the products we put on our skin. So talk to me about layer number two. 
Exactly. So layer number two, for a lot of people, they think of themselves as starting and stopping at the skin. Everything inside of the skin is me and everything outside of the skin is outside world. That's just not the case. Our skin is incredibly porous and breathing quite literally all the time. And it's massively large organ, the largest organ of the body wrapping our entire perimeter. It does create this seeming barrier that separates, you know, our inside guts from the outside world. But there is a communication happening there at all times through that skin layer. And it's much more conversational and much more lively than we realize. So of course, the next layer would be related to often for women makeup, but anything that we put on the skin. So that could be lotion, that can be deodorant. That's a really big one that people usually start with when they're working on this layer because of all of the proof out there that aluminum and other ingredients in certain deodorants have had extremely bad effects on people's health over time. So there is some chatter online about lotions and makeup now. Natural beauty is becoming a very huge thing. And people start to extend that care that they've been investing on the inside through their great diets and perhaps exercise routines to that next level of, okay, what am I actually conditioning my skin with every day? What am I wrapping my body with in these clothes that I might be sweating in, particularly workout clothes? or perhaps even the sheets that you sleep in. I know that I have hormonal sweating issues that happen at night. And the idea of absorbing chemicals through my skin via plastic laden sheets, or even the off-gassing chemicals in the air, that's the piece that becomes the hardest part for someone to start with right off the bat and why it's much easier to start with the things we can see and truly feel internally. Because when we start to move out from the body, we realize that some of these chemicals and some of these dangers are in fact invisible to the naked eye. So they're happening around us, but we can't see them, which is our dominant sense that we use to identify dangers and avoid them in our lives. However, I would push you to think about your other senses when you're exploring the idea of not only the skin, but what you can smell, what you can smell in your environment, even what you can taste sometimes when we're imbibing on plastic utensils and plateware. I have decades of memories growing up with plastic cups and that smell you get when you're drinking a big gulp that smell you're getting along with the new car smell, that is all off-gassing chemicals into your environment. So it's not just about the skin per se, but it is about that next level of absorption into the body through your nose, through your eyes, through your skin. So we are long overdue to take our break, Brienne, but before we do, I just have to ask you this question because you're talking about sheets and off-gassing of stuff and absorption of beauty products into our bodies. I am going to just play devil's advocate here and assume the role of somebody who's 
skeptical. I'm assuming the role of a skeptic. I would assume that a skeptic listening to our conversation right now would say, there are way bigger problems in the world than our sheets and our face lotion. There are so many other threats to our existence individually and as a species. Like, why are we worrying about our sheets? What do you have to say to them? Oh, that's a great one. (laughs) I completely agree. There are dangers everywhere. I do believe that an existential danger that deserves to be at the top of the list is unchecked chemical usage within our modern day lives. So that very much in your in a microscopic view would be absorbing through our skin individually, but on a global view, this is absorbing into all ecosystems. It's impacting all life forms and it's changing our planet rapidly since the 1970s when they were introduced. So this isn't a long period of time that we've had these chemicals even available. And yet more and more are being invented, these chemical compounds, and just pumped into the consumer culture landscape. So that is something that is very overwhelming when you think about it on a global scale. But why I like to include it as this second layer of the onion so that each of us can really take our own individual steps towards not purchasing materials that contain these terrible ingredients and therefore doing our part to help change the industry and the global landscape as a whole. Hmm. Your answer there really, again, connects the concepts, right? When we're conscious consumers, when we're more informed, we are helping the planet. We're practicing sustainability in our daily lives by not buying, being minimalist, or buying better, being conscious consumers. And again, helping ourselves, helping our homes, helping our families, but also extending that wellness, for lack of a better word, it's the perfect word, wellness to others beyond ourselves. And so we're going to take that break that We have to take, Brienne, and when we come back, we're going to talk about layers three and four, which is where I think people tend to get lost. So I'm really looking forward to having your guidance there. We'll do that after a quick word from our sponsors. Hello, Sustainable Minimalist listeners. Are you committed to living a greener and simpler life? Well, meet Home Threads, your ally in more sustainable and minimalist home decor. As the total destination for decor and furniture, Home Threads helps you define your minimalist lifestyle while respecting the planet. Discover their exclusive Haven collection. They use many sustainable materials without compromising on style. And here's the best part. Home Threads always has the best value. It was time. After nine years of living in our home, it was time to replace our outdoor furniture. And my husband and I, we went to Home Threads. We have a Home Threads patio umbrella and a new bench. And oh my goodness, we are so in love Create a home that reflects your commitment to the environment. Visit homethreads.com slash sustainable and get a code for 15% off your first order. Homethreads.com slash sustainable. Love where you live. So many of us have chaotic closets that are crammed full of clothing items and yet somehow we still have nothing to wear. Well, upgrading to high quality and affordable pieces from Quince when you need them is a game changer. They offer organic cotton sweaters and washable silk tops, 
My 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters are my go-to. Not only are they affordable, but the quality is top-notch. They wear better than the cashmere sweaters that are double their price. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash sustainable podcast for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash sustainable podcast to get free shipping and 365 day returns. One more time, quince.com slash sustainable podcast. And we're back. Today, I am speaking with Brienne DeRogier. She is the principal designer and CEO of Mache. And we're talking about holistic wellness. When we take that holistic view and we start internally, it naturally radiates outward. So we're not to the outward part yet, are we, Brienne? But we're getting there. We're talking about sustainability on a bigger scale, practicing sustainability in our daily lives. But we first got to get ourselves right. So we're on to the third layer, just for a quick review. Layer number one was concerned with what we're putting in our bodies, namely food and drink. Layer number two was what we're putting on our bodies, our skincare products, the clothes we're wearing, the sheets we sleep in, etc. And now we're on to layer number three. So for listeners who have stopped at layer two, I'll be honest, I'm one of them. Layer three is for you. This is the next step in the journey. It's the next step in my journey. And step three is all about interior design focused considerations. I'm going to be honest, Brianne, I don't think too much about my throw pillows and what they're doing for my wellness, but you might convince me otherwise. Take it away. Yes. So you're right. We are moving outside of the body quite literally. So We were inside, then we were on top of the body, on the skin, and now what is in our interior environment? So for most of us, we spend a lot of time indoors. It averages over 90% of our time is spent indoors. And half of that, or more than half of that, is spent at work. So you can spend some time now picturing your workplace and what's surrounding you in that space. We're talking about the desk you use the devices you use. We can look at far beyond the materials in the space, but the space itself, how it's impacting your experience of your work. If there's any challenges or obstacles you have to get through to get to your flow state or a really productive day. So that's that next layer. So that usually for an interior designer starts with materials and space arrangements. So once you've figured out your space and where everything's going to go, you dive right into what are the materials of the space? And that includes the furniture, the finishes, that can be hard finishes like backsplashes and countertops and tabletops, but it can also be soft finishes. And that's where we see a lot of the hidden chemicals hiding. So that can be our upholstered furniture, sheets, It can be window coverings are notorious. So with these softer elements of interior design and home goods, you're very often going to see flame retardants impregnated into these materials. You're going to see them made out of very flimsy plastic. There is a whole huge 
detrimental industry called the fast furniture industry that mirrors a lot of the egregious practices of the fast fashion industry. And it has exponential power to continue on its path of destruction if we don't do something about it. So I think all of us have had that experience with fast furniture where you get the Ikea or the Target item flat packed off the shelf. When it gets back to your house, you self-assemble this piece of furniture. And I think all of us have had that experience of smelling what is called off-gassing VOCs or volatile organic compounds. This is a lot of heady terminology, but this is that level of the process of awakening where you realize that the decisions that you make on your clothing, the decisions that you've made in your pantry are the exact same decisions and considerations that you can now bring into your home, into your office when you're selecting furniture, when you're deciding about artwork and plants. There are so many different levels of decision-making that can align with your already chosen path of wellness at this point. So we're all living in a world that pushes imbalance on us every day, whether that be through toxic food choices or really amazing advertising out there for the next best hair product that's toxic, or whether it is shopping for your best office chair. And there are these little micro impacts that we are not necessarily aware of. For instance, one material that is really on my worst in class list is EVA foam. So EVA foam is any foam that has a squishiness to it. So this is what's in our tennis shoes that provides that squishy sole. Foam yoga blocks. It's also the foam in children's play mats. So EVA foam contains an off-gassing chemical called formamide. formamide. And this chemical has been known to be a developmental toxin to children. And has known carcinogenic properties. So the fact that to this day, yoga blocks and children's mats are continuously being made out of this product, even though many European countries have outlawed it completely, that is something that we can, as consumers, draw a hard and fast line and say, not in this house, we will make sure that EVA foam doesn't have a place here because we want to breathe deeply And with confidence that we're not bringing a bunch of volatile compounds into our bloodstream. There's so much you said there. And I do think that you're, again, really bringing together the points. Whereas the makers of these mats are shutting down any chatter about the potential toxicity of the compound that's in their products. And so it is then on us. It's on you. It's on me to educate ourselves so that we can make better purchasing decisions for our homes and for our families. I guess I'm just wondering, though, again, taking that skeptic's viewpoint, I'm assuming my listeners already have their homes. They're not designing homes. They're not building homes. And so the thought of redesigning their environment to not only soothe their nervous system, but also to curate the perfect 
backdrop for their wellness journey, that sounds very new age to me. Is there science to back up the fact that the chemicals and the stuff that we just have around us are harmful? That is a really good point that we are lacking a lot of that evidence because of the very strong lobbyists associated with petrochemical companies that create these plastics. In mid-80s, the World Health Organization did coin the term sick building syndrome because of the fact that our interiors are often anywhere from two to five, and in the worst cases, a hundred times more toxic than the air outside. So there's very much, I would say, sweeping evidence that these are impactful issues. But when it comes to double-blind studies where they really attacked all of these compounds to dial it in, it's a challenge. That's why I believe that this process is so important to be done collectively, that we need to help each other through this process. I know I have a full-time job. I just happen to have the job that focuses on sustainability and materials, but most people don't. They don't have time to do all of this study. So we have to help each other through this process and share the information when it's gathered. So one of my favorite resources for truly understanding the science backing the dangers of the materials in our built environment is the International Living Future Institute. And this is what I would consider the highest performing organization to ever address the issue of not just green building, but interior design, home goods, and products. So they actually took a stab at creating that nutritional data for products. It's called the Declare List. So if your product meets their very strict qualifications for being free of, they have a thing called the red list, and you have to be free of red listed materials. And this red list has grown from hundreds to now tens of thousands of chemical compounds on this red list. But this, these are things like phthalates and parabens, paraffins, formaldehyde, PFAS, people know that as forever plastics, fire retardants, as I mentioned, asbestos, it goes on and on. So they have done the just phenomenal work of aggregating all of that data and they continue to add to the list. As I mentioned, these chemicals are still being invented every day. Yeah, I always operate under the leading principle, better safe than sorry. My throw pillows my plastic Tupperware, they might not be providing a red alert amount of harm. They might not. But like, why not be safe rather than sorry? Why not get rid of that plastic Tupperware? Why not next time I'm buying throw pillows, look for a more holistically created product? And why not, if we're talking about working smarter, not harder, why not we all just get outside more? Why don't like I so I live in the northeast it's cold it's rainy it's this it's that but we're so accustomed to being comfortable and like we only go outside when it's 70 degrees plus and the sun's out and it's perfect like why don't we all try to just get outside more when it's not 
ideal con- conditions. I think that's like the step one for addressing layer three of the onion. But let's move on to layer four, which is, okay, so we've tackled what's going in and what's going on our bodies. And now we've tackled our homes, our immediate environments. Now we're taking it outside our homes. Talk to me about layer four, because this I think is where the special sauce lies. This is where the sustainability piece, the treating yourself enables you to treat others right and other things right, all comes into play. So the floor is yours. I love that you keep coming back to that concept that we must start inward and then build our strength and our awareness outward. I always come back to this visual of being on an airplane and you know, that when they teach you about the masks dropping down that you put your mask on first and then you help your child because you need to stay healthiest in order to help others. That makes complete sense. And it's very relatable to this wellness onion unfolding journey. I love also how you brought up going outside more. That is very much part of the fourth layer. Now we have gone through it, right? We have gone through understanding intimately how what we put inside our body directly affects the output of what we have to give. Then we start to bring that out and we've cleaned up our not only our pantry, but our bathrooms, our whole wellness routine. And when it comes to the space inside our homes, maybe it's just the few select places where we spend the most time. And we know that those interactions with those products and those materials have the biggest chance of impacting our health. Then we walk outside and we start to realize everything is connected at that point. What we're putting in the water system, for instance, a really good way to see this next level and how it directly comes from the inside out is looking at water stream and looking at our laundry. So if you have your wardrobe filled with a bunch of poly clothing, so clothing made with plastic filaments in it, those plastic filaments get broken down in the wash into tiny little pieces of plastic and get washed out into the drain, which then will be waiting for you at the ocean the next time you'd like to go swimming in the ocean. So you start to see, oh my goodness, what is happening inside my body is affecting my home. What is happening inside my home could very well be affecting my community. So that can radiate from then out into all the decisions we make that would impact people and things outside of our home. So When we buy carbon offset shipping, if you're shopping online, you have that option in a lot of cases now to invest that extra 50 cents for the greater good. Then there's also the concept of eco travel. People are realizing that, oh, shoot, I really want to get out. I have this holiday time I want to take advantage of with my kids, but maybe we don't need to fly all five of us to Bermuda and have this huge, not only big expense, but also a relatively large carbon footprint associated with that holiday. How can we be creative and design something that might be more memorable, closer to home, and create a perhaps even a learning experience for your kids then? It becomes about legacy, long-term legacy in your home, in your family, 
but that ripples out to the impacts you make, the positive impacts into the community and our country and then the world. Yes. I'm thinking about what you said at the beginning of the conversation, and I have a really long story here, listeners, so just buckle up. But at the beginning of our talk today, Brienne, you mentioned how you wished that the products we buy had a list of ingredients or fibers or chemicals, just like our food has a nutritional facts label. And when you said that, I was thinking to myself, but I doubt that that list of ingredients on our sheets or our throw pillows, let's say, would even matter. Because how many of us ignore the nutritional facts on our food, right? Like it's there and we choose to ignore it. (laughs) However, I think that we start to really care about the nutritional facts on our food and we would care about that list of ingredients or fibers or whatever it is on our products if we truly, deep within our cores, within our beings, understood the why behind why we're doing what we're doing. And so then when you understand the why, you're operating from a heart first place. And that's how you're creating that long-term legacy in layer number four. You understand the why and you also understand again, bringing it back to the beginning, I am just full circling all of it, that there is an interconnectedness between all things. So again, the laundry, right? If we're wearing synthetic clothes and we're washing those microfibers down the drain, that decision, for better or for worse, I mean, I still wear synthetics, everybody, I'm not perfect, but that does affect other things and animals and people. And so I do love our conversation today because you're really drilling down on why the why is so darn important. I hope that makes sense. I uh, The story here was basically that on my town's Facebook page, this resident wrote this post that was pretty inflammatory talking about no mo may and how stupid and ridiculous it is and how everybody's lawns are ugly and it's stupid and this, that, and the other thing. And I was triggered, but I've been working on my triggers. I've been taming my triggers and I just took a deep breath And I thought to myself in that moment, like, he does not understand the why. He doesn't understand why so many dozens and hundreds of citizens in this town are participating. And so it sounds stupid to him. And so the onion can likely sound pie in the sky to listeners who don't understand the why. But when you've got a grasp on the why, you've got a grasp on the interconnectedness, and that is going to guide your action. So I have one more question. This was such a long episode, Brianna. I love talking to you. If listeners could focus on just one thing, if there was just one thing, just one that they could do right now, they're like newbies on the journey, one thing they could do that would greatly improve their wellness, because again, improving their wellness then enables them to be beacons for everybody else and everything else. What would you suggest they focus on? I love that question. And I do agree that this concept of the why is something that builds over time. The why isn't something that people necessarily grasp right away. And therefore, the process starts with I. And I would say that everyone, if you are just beginning this process of your health, your own personal health and wellness journey, or if you're looking to become 
more sustainable. Start with I. Start with yourself as opposed to looking outside yourself. Start with exactly how you feel, whether that be a physical journey to start or more of a spatial one inside your home. It always starts with how you feel. And once you start to dive into that, this isn't something that we are taught to be able to tap into very easily. In fact, a lot of us are disconnected from our bodies altogether. I know I was. So don't beat yourself up if you're starting your journey today. And don't beat yourself up if you started your journey 10 years ago and you haven't gotten very far. We are all on this journey together. And I would say, dive into where you're at right now. Figure out how to improve your place, whatever that is, whether that's an internal improvement or if it has to do with that second layer or third layer, figure out what layer you're on and just maximize that space. Don't feel impatient to tackle it all at once. That's very, very overwhelming. Do one little goal at a time and make sure those goals are prioritized with what matters most to you and how you feel. Yeah. Start with I. Start with yourself, but make sure you're starting with yourself in a place that comes from how you feel, not how you look. So tell my listeners where they can find more of you and your onion goodness online. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. You can find me and Team Mache at www.heymache.com. We are a sustainable design house. So we design products that support your healthy living, but we also do full service interiors. And we've just recently added online virtual design consultations. Awesome. Thank you so much, Brienne. I really, my heart just swelled with this conversation. So thank you so much. Same here. Thank you, Stephanie. I really appreciate your time and all the amazing energy you're putting out in the world. Listeners, that's a wrap. Show notes are at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 372. I like to occasionally give final words on my shows, the final take home message in a handy dandy compact one sentence form. As I was talking with Brienne recording this interview, the same handy dandy final word kept coming up for me, which is that we are all interconnected. We are all connected. So that person who cut you off in the grocery store parking lot, you're connected to them. The animals that live on a continent far, far away from you, you're connected to them as well. We are connected to everything living on this planet. And so when we're taking care of ourselves, we are accomplishing step one in taking care of everything and everybody else. Now we do have some eco tips today and they all come from Allie. Allie, thank you for sending them over. Allie's tips today have to do with trash bags and they're all so good. Okay, so we got three of them. This is a really long episode. Why not make it a little longer, shall we? (laughs) Allie says that if you order something online and it comes in a flimsy plastic bag, so here's a great example. I just ordered two shirts online and they were each in, they came to my house in plastic bags. Gently open the bags and use them as trash can liners in your smaller trash cans. Don't just throw them out. We are all about reuse on this show, so how can we reuse them? Trash can liner. 
And and to take this one step further, if you're using those bags for your smaller trash cans, so I'm thinking like your bathroom trash cans, maybe the bedrooms have trash cans, they're likely not going to get gross all that often, right? It might take two months, maybe three months before they need a good replacement. So keep those bags. Don't just throw them out every time you empty the trash. Throw out the trash, but leave the bag inside and see how long you can go before you need to replace it. Ellie also says that if you have a yard and if you have a dog and you are in the habit of picking up your dog's poo from the yard, perhaps instead of going around and picking it up and individually bagging them in those individual bags, how about instead on trash day, so as you're taking your trash out, you take that bag and walk around and just put the poo straight into the almost full trash bag. Genius, right? Let's just eliminate the need for those green poop bags. We don't need them. So all these tips from Allie. Thank you so, so much. As a reminder, friends, if you have some great minimalist or environmentally friendly hacks that you'd like to share with the rest of them, just send me an email. My email is in the show notes and I will spread your love, so to speak, on the podcast in a future eco tip. So listeners, I'll see you again on Thursday of this week. I will be here on Thursday. I'll see you then and take care. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.